This is a Chronicle podcast, bringing you ideas in the service of medicine. From the Chronicle podcast system, this is the NPC podcast of the National Pharmaceutical Congress for February 16, 2022. The NPC podcast was created to discuss and consider the purpose, process and people of the pharma industry during the COVID era. We'll continue the healthcare conversation by answering questions sent by listeners. Just like you. This program is presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next generation commercial partner. The industry is rapidly evolving, and Imprez is designed to help you evolve with it. Learn more about Imprez tailored best-in-class solutions at www.imprez.com. Our guest today is David Renwick, GM of Emergent Biosolutions. David will join your hosts, Jim, Mark, and Mitch, to talk about the pandemic within the pandemic and other subjects of interest. To start this week's conversation, here is Mitch Shannon, CEO of Chronicle Companies. Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mitch Shannon. We're here once again in our podcast, Gondola, with a commanding view of all the action on and off the ice. We're recording this episode on Valentine's Day 2022. And frankly, there doesn't seem to be much love in the air, especially if you're around Ottawa, Windsor, Coots, Alberta, or even Fredericton, New Brunswick. Next to me in the gondola and also decrying this situation is James Shea, General Manager at the Council for Continuing Pharmaceutical Education. Jim, tell me, have you heard the noise coming from the blowing horns 200 kilometers away in Ottawa? I haven't heard that, but I'm certainly looking forward to the collective sigh of relief of Ottawa's fine citizenry when this is all over, that's for sure. Cosseted in the quiet confines of Sudbury, Ontario, is Mark McElwain, the pharma industry consultant and senior health policy expert. Mark, when you were at the London School of Economics, did you ever contemplate entering a career in ground transportation, say, trucking? Lorry driving, as they would have said, but not so much. Closest I got was uh, learning to drive standard on the wrong side of the road. Nice. Yeah, tough enough. (laughs) Yeah. So collectively, we're your convoy of podcast hosts known as Jim, Mark, and Mitch, because all the really clever names were taken, such as the Joe Rogan Experience or Rogaine Foam 5%. Ooh, I like that one. That sounds like a Warp Tour band I might be able to front. Good buddies, let's make room in the gondola for our old friend, David Renwick. He's the Canadian General Manager of Emergent Biosolutions in Mississauga, Ontario. Dave's had 30 years of experience in pharma. I would say he's the man who's done it all. Mr. Renwick, thanks for dropping by. Great to be here, Mitch. Thanks very much and happy Valentine's Day to all of you. And to you guys. So uh, can you start by telling our listeners a little bit more about Emergent Biosolutions? Glad to. I mean, we're a relatively new player here in Canada, and the company, by uh, virtue of its honest beginnings, is only in the 20 to 30 year range itself. So a relatively newcomer to the biospace, I'll say, but headquartered out of the Aethersburg, Maryland office through acquisition. I was originally part of a company called Adapt. Emergent acquired Adapt back in 2018, and my team and I went along for that, and it's worked out very, very well. The business is really focused as a public health threat company, which I think is really interesting and really novel when you consider, you know, all the other important things that go on in our industry. 
Emergent has carved out this space that really sees it working in both commercial businesses, vaccines and products like Narcan nasal spray, but also in places like contract development manufacturing and also in medical countermeasures. So they've done a lot of work extensively with the military applications and the U.S. military specifically. So it's kind of an interesting contrast to some of the things I've done yet. Our purpose is really very consistent. And one of the things I've really migrated to and like about what Emergent has said right from the get-go is, is that their mission is to protect and enhance life. And I think that's unique. I think it's, it's also kind of something that we hear a lot about right across our fine industry. So really proud to be part of it. Dave, it's Mark here. So how has Emergent Biosolutions fared during the pandemic? There's a loaded question, right, Mark? <laughs> like a lot of people, I mean, we've been a bit of a roller coaster ride to be candid. I mean, there's been lots of days good and, and not so good or challenging, I'll say. But I would say on the whole, I think we've done pretty well. But I think a lot of our team is really starting to kind of feel the confines of being, you know, restricted to working at home. In particular, we're feeling it with our field-based part of our organization. Those folks are really anxious to get out and do the work that they do best and that's best done face to face but i'll say this is we've really done well i think we've proven to ourselves that we can do this we can do this remotely and we can do this fairly well and so uh, i'm indeed very very proud of what we've been able to accomplish during this given the very very important area of work that we participate in so jim here in your opinion now what changes did the pandemic require and which are the good ones? Which are the things that are here for good? Yeah, it's a great question. I think we genuinely, I might have mentioned this already, but I think we've genuinely proven to ourselves that we can adapt. And I think that's a real hallmark testament to our team. I mean, this has not been easy for any of us, but, you know, we found ways to creatively, you know, gain access, usually by phone, but boy, we've been using a lot of video conference and that sort of thing as well. But you know, I think a couple of the more tangible things, at least one sticks out, which is, you know, our workplace environment. The office environment has changed, I think maybe forever. But what we've done is really created a very flexible work environment because of the reason that we've proven to ourselves and to others that we can work remotely successfully. I think as we've returned and we, we did, we went back into the office for uh, the fourth quarter of 21 and before staying home again at the start of 22. But we instituted kind of a flexible work arrangement where people could essentially choose to work in the office or from their home, depending upon the nature of their job and the nature of the requirements to meet face-to-face. -face. We did that, and I think that's going to stick around. You're listening to David Renwick of Emergent Biosolutions here on the NPC podcast. While the COVID pandemic has been at the forefront for most people, the opioid crisis has also increased during COVID. With Narcan as one of the products in the Emergent Biosolutions portfolio, what has it been like dealing with two different health crises at the same time? It's been incredibly challenging, but at the same time, the small wins become very rewarding. Look, the pandemic has tragically worsened the opioid overdose crisis. This country is lost 7,200 lives last year due to the opioid overdose crisis. And that works out to approximately 19 people a day. And that's just unacceptable. Were it not for the pandemic, we would probably only be talking about the opioid overdose crisis. But obviously, 
you know, I think a lot of people, ourselves included, have done a huge job to actually manage both public health crises and continue the good work that we do. But it's really been a challenge because we're not able to be in front of the people that need to know about this. There are a number of communities and, you know, for instance, our First Nations communities right around the country are deeply affected by the opioid crisis are not getting a lot of the information, not a lot of the awareness. And one of the things that we've been very successful at is working with government stakeholders to really broaden the distribution of Narcan nasal spray to get it to those communities, some of them very, very remote. And suffice to say, those present a number of challenges on their own. So it really has been, it's difficult at the best of times but I, and challenging, but I'll say that uh, we've done a pretty good job despite the immense challenges that came with the pandemic. Dave, it's Mark again. You spent almost 10 years as the founder of a consulting firm. So how has that experience changed the way you approach your current role? Yeah, it was a long time ago now, but you know, those were very formative times for me. I think I went on a a really kind of accelerated learning cycle while I was consulting. Through that work there, I was exposed to dozens upon dozens of companies, both sides of the border, US and Canada. I got exposed to a number of different institutions, practices, policies, regulatory environments. It really added to my breadth of understanding in the marketplace. So it was formative to say the least. And you know, I'm very proud of what I accomplished in that. And you know, were it not for the chance of through really fortunate networking and an old friend of mine whom I was a rep with, he was with a different company in London, Ontario, when we started in our careers. He was working out of the US and he got word that Adapt was looking for a general manager for Narcan nasal spray and the launch of their company in Canada. And, and I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity. And it's something that I'm immensely passionate about and makes the job uh, not so much a job as much as just the, the ability to work in something that you like is pretty motivating. So uh, looking further back on that resume, you have a degree in economics that actually makes two of us. So I don't know about- how has that background trickled down to affect your career journey? Well, I don't think I'll compare my economics degree to the London School of Economics degree, but that's okay. Probably equally wrong in all your predictions. <laughs> You're like the weathermen. On the one hand. Yeah, well. I wouldn't say it's made me any great predictor of things to come in the economy. Look, I honestly, you know, for me, the university experience academically, you know, I probably don't use the learnings there as much as I do sort of the other development and social things that came out of my experience in university. And and a big part of that was networking. You know, not only friends that were formed there that are now what I consider lifelong friends, and I'm glad to say there are many I think it's really the idea that it's, you know, a building block for that network. And quite honestly, I I think a week doesn't go by where I don't tap into that network from my school days. And it's really rewarding in that regard. So it was a very important time in my life, but not so much on the economics thing. I'm not sure I'm being consulted by the Bank of Canada for much at the moment. Well, it's Jim here, and being a guy who's involved in education of pharma, it's always interesting to hear about the, we'll call it the collateral learning that goes on in university and some of the things that you have to learn with respect to 
you know, really coming out with a, a high-end career, the time management, decision-making, all of those things uh, may not be related to your economics degree, but it is all related to your economics degree, if you know what I mean. So that's the, yeah. I agree. I agree completely. That's well said. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's time to put on your soothsayer's hat and uh, enter our prognostication corner. But actually, I feel a little bit, you know, I think I have to move. So I'm actually going to stretch my legs and walk down the prognostication pathway. <laughs> so uh, what predictions do you have about the life sciences industry as we go through 2022? That is a great question. And I would say at some level, we're all always thinking about that. You know, I think, you know, there's going to be change inevitably. But I think, you know, a lot of the change that we can't control is going to and the industry itself and our ability to respond to that change, I think is really what's going to be pivotal and shape us for the future to come. You know, I think that, for example, I think a lot of folks are questioning whether or not we'll be, you know, face-to-face in kind of a promotional effort and things like that. I'm of the opinion personally that that will always need to be there. It has to be. I think people are people and human beings are human beings and they'll always have to be a component of that. Having said that, I think this isn't so so different that you know technology is going to change the way we continue to interact. So I don't think one replaces the other, but I think how we use those tools and how we apply them in an ever-changing environment is really going to be what's instrumental for us to be successful. You know, beyond that, I think the industry, I'm certainly no expert and still on a very steep learning curve when it comes to things like AI and things like that, that we're starting to talk a lot more about. I think there's bright futures for all of those things. But at the end of the day, what we have to do is to continue to remind people why we do what we do and the purpose of what we do, because that ultimately is going to carry the day. It's the reason that my team and I, I think, have been successful and why we feel very responsible for impacting tens of thousands of lives to the opioid overdose crisis. And that goes beyond just even the victims of overdose, but even the people that are their families of people that have survived and will live to see another day. That's our reason to be. That's what governments need to hear. That's what payers need to hear. That's what all policymakers need to understand. I said one thing, I'll say this in conclusion, but I said one thing to my team around the holidays this past year, which was, you know, congratulations, we've accomplished so much. And I said, can you imagine a time when we weren't here? The impact would have been devastating to this country and really this continent. So not sure how much that's forward looking per se, but at the same time, I think those are some important tenets as we go forward. We've been chatting with David Renwick, the GM of Emergent Biosolutions, known as one of the brightest and genuinely nicest guys in the life sciences. Dave, thanks for spending some time with us today. And to everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you. Perhaps you have a question you'd like to ask David, or any comments for us about today's conversation? If so, go ahead and tag us on Twitter at 2021NPC. You can also send an email to health at chronicle.org. Attach a voice clip to your message and you might appear in an upcoming episode. If you enjoyed today's NPC podcast, please do share it with your colleagues. Find us at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The NPC podcast is presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next generation commercial partner. Visit them at www.imprez.com. This is your announcer, Leona Void of Chronicle Companies, speaking. The podcast producer is Jeremy Visser. John Evans and Catherine Brenders provided the research. The musical theme is performed with unbridled passion by the NPC Podcast Orchestra, under the direction of Maestra Francesca Milbrook. We'll speak again next week, when our guest will be Pat Forsyth, of Asai Canada. Until then, take good care.